the coronavirus hits the United States and boy, it's hitting it hard. Everybody's in a tizzy, shelves empty, things are going wild, the economy is acting crazy. Today on The True Middle, we're going to take a look at the economic impact of the coronavirus. I am your host, Paul Melikivi. This is The True Middle. This is where we talk about politics, faith, and business from a real perspective. So guys, this is it. The coronavirus is here. The impact on the economy is massive. I mean, this is just crazy. If you can see things that are going on, I'm sure wherever you're sitting at in your in your state, in your city, everybody's up in arms. There's a lot of information going out there. We're not going to get into particulars of the actual virus itself. We're not going to get into the politics of it all as far as the response. What we're going to do we're going to focus on the economic impact that this is having on all of us because the repercussions on this are serious. So as you know, the coronavirus is here. Um, let me share my screen with you here for a little bit. We're going to take a look at the impacts here of the coronavirus right now. So many people infected, so many people dying. As of the date of this taping, it's the uh, World Health Organization estimating that there's been close to 100,000 cases, 100,000 cases reported worldwide. And the death toll are saying right now they're estimating about 3,000 deaths. It's starting to pick up here in the United States. We're starting to see it spread everywhere. Italy, whole country pretty much is quarantined. This thing is serious. People are kind of scared. They don't know what to do about it. Obviously, there's certain parts of the population that are a lot more exposed than the others. But what you see here is the impact. 2,000 point drop on the Dow Jones Industrial Average the other day. Stock market recently dropped um, the most in one day since the 2008 financial crisis. So the other day we saw a drop 2,000 points. There's a lot of worries. There's a lot of panic, so to speak, going on. Um, we don't know how big this thing is going to get. We don't know how widespread it's going to become, but there's a lot of things that are going on that's really hurting the economy. Um, so you're seeing stores closed. You're seeing businesses closed. You're seeing uh, people, you know, scared to go out in crowds, scared to talk to anybody. God forbid somebody's around you and they start sneezing or coughing. You don't want to be that person. Don't be that person that has to happen to cough while you're out in public or sneeze because they're going to look at you like you're contaminated. They don't know who got it, who doesn't have it. So the impact is the, the economic impact is getting real. So obviously we seen this huge stock market drop 2000 points the other day. Um, it's probably going to come back a little bit, but as more news comes out, as we start seeing a larger impact, no telling whether it's going to, to continue this downward trend. Who's been hit the most? Cruise ships. Cruise ship industry, boy, it's, it's a wrap for the cruises right about now because there's been several horrifying coronavirus cases on board cruise ships. The CDC is actually recommending that travelers, uh, particularly those with underlying health issues, defer all cruise ship travel worldwide. So they're basically shutting down the cruise industry, because the majority of people that are going on cruises are who? The elderly people. They're saying that if you're 60 years or older, stay away from 
large crowds stay away specifically from non-essential travel, such as long plane trips, and especially avoid embarking on the cruise ships. So we've seen these couple horrifying cases of these cruise ships that are out to sea. Nobody wants them to come and port in their city because uh, they're scared about the infections that may come on board. Travel was definitely hit the most. Um, so you see these, this impact on the cruise industry. It's going to be a long time before the cruise industry is going to be able to come back from this. Um, so we're already starting to see them kind of cut down on all of these excursions. There's a lot of emails that are going to come out for those of you that may have had some cruises booked. Uh, we'll see what that's happening. The other industry that's hit really hard, airlines. The airline industries are getting hammered because people are now scared to fly. Um, obviously, you're in a close quarter. So the airline industry alone, the International Air Transport Association, says that the demand for global air travel will decline for the first time since 2009. And guess what, guys? The impact to the airlines, they could lose up to $113 billion in revenue. That's $113 billion in revenue. That is huge. So that suggests that the outbreak could disrupt this industry significantly, um, even as significant as it was impacted during the Great Recession. Um, this is some serious stuff. Another thing you're seeing are schools closing. Um, we obviously want to protect our children, so schools are closing. Um, you're also seeing a lot of colleges that are um, canceling their classes as well. So these large classrooms are now transferring all of their work, all of their um, lessons, all their programs, and are encouraging everybody to, you know, do it from home. So everything's being kind of transferred to online. Online learning has been picking up over the years. So now we're really going to see how effective it is. This could really disrupt the entire university system because if the online learning really takes on and people get used to it, it's really going to impact the attendance here on campuses. Another thing that's going to see huge impact is the number of sporting events. Sporting events are being canceled. Now, I don't know about you, but part of the excitement of the sporting event is the fans, the action, the excitement. There's even some um, organizations that are thinking about still having the games, but doing the games with no audience. So basically the players just come out, they play the game, there's nobody in the crowd, they close it off, you watch it on television, stay at home. Um, so what we're going to face is these empty stadiums, uh, people playing uh, teams, leagues, governing bodies are, are planning this possibility that the virus will continue to spread in order to cut down on all of these large gatherings of people. They're saying that they're thinking about canceling some of the sporting events. Another thing that's really getting impacted are conferences, large conferences, seminars, um, exhibitions, a lot of these are getting canceled. We've seen, you know, just a small list of things that, that have been canceled over the past couple of days. South by Southwest in Austin, the TED 2020 in Vancouver, the Google Cloud Next in San Francisco, Ultra Music Festival in, My in Miami. Um, there's this two-week international ice hockey women's world championship was canceled. Um, UNICEF postponed its 2020 UNICEF ball that was scheduled for March the 14th. Um, Nearly 300,000 people that were planning to attend the South by Southwest um, is being canceled. It was set to begin March 13th. Baltimore's Women of the World Festival 
has been canceled. The 58th annual U.S. Senate Youth Program was canceled. The uh, Northwestern University canceled its annual dance marathon. All university spring break trips. Organizers canceled the electronic music music festival called Tomorrowland Winter 2020 that was scheduled to take place in France here in March. Um, all these events are being canceled. Um, everybody's up on ends. Anybody that has any kind of travel schedule, any type of event planned, they have to continue to check to see what's going on, um, to see whether it's going to go on. Ultra Music Festival in Miami um, has been postponed. Altogether, we're seeing the direct economic loss from the cancellation of just nine major tech conferences um, is estimated to surpass $1 billion in economic loss. Um, that is huge. Um, and this is all impacting a lot of these organizations. It's impacting us as consumers, as attendees, as people that are living in this world, as fans. Uh, but more importantly, what it's really doing is that it's impacting the economy. And there's different ways that all of these things come into the economy, how it affects all of us here as the average people. So first of all, what we really have to look at is the virus itself, right? So the virus itself is here. There's no doubt about it. Um, there's a lot of tests that are becoming available. So they're encouraging that, you know, if you're exhibiting certain signs that you get tested. But here's a problem as it is with, with the way that our system is set up in our healthcare. Tests cost money. Not everybody has healthcare. Not everybody has a, a plan where they can go and, and go to the doctor and get tests done. So for the average American, us here in the true middle, our concern is that if this really impacts us and we really do get sick and we need to go to the doctor, there's that uncomfortable moment where you really have to think like, can I really even afford to go to the doctor? And this is what's scary because if people can't afford to go to the doctor, they never go get looked at and they continue to go on with their normal activities and then they're out there and they're spreading the disease, right? So that's problem number one. Access to healthcare, access to affordable testing, um, access to these test kits, um, and the willingness of individuals to go out and make this happen. So that's number one. Number two, if you are tested and you do have the virus, guess what? You're gonna need some medication. The scary thing is that there is no vaccine for it. So right now, if you have it, there is no vaccine for it, but they're going to treat you with something. I'm sure they're, you know, respirators or whatever it is, depending on your condition. Uh, most Americans, again, we're not in a situation where we get free prescriptions, free medications. So the concern there is if I have to be treated, if I am sick and there are certain things I have to buy for my health, then I might not be able to afford it. So right now, that's a scary situation. Um, the vaccine itself, there's arguments over when that's going to be available, but we're looking at maybe a year, a year and a half. Um, so for the most part, if you have the virus, you're just going to have to sit tight. You have to quarantine yourself. So here's the problem with the quarantine. And here's, here's what it boils down to on the economy. They're saying that you should quarantine yourself for about 14 days, right? So if you get it and you're sick and you have to be quarantined, what does that mean? That means you're missing work. That means that you can't be around your loved ones. That means you can't be around your children. If it's your children that are sick, they're going to be missing school. If most people have to skip work for 14 days, you know what's going to happen? They're out on the streets because the average American is not in a position where they even have $400 set aside for an emergency. So to miss 14 days at work, most of them without good um, paid leave programs, 
They're not going to get paid for that time off. They're going to be in desperate situations. One of the things that they're recommending is school closings. And you've got to think about the economy of this. So you have a bunch of children that go to school every day. Most families that have children are usually, for the, for the average Americans, both parents are working. So they're able to send their child off to school, take the school bus, go to school. The parents are then able to go to work. They have arrangements set up so when the child is done, they go to a certain location, maybe daycare for a couple of hours, maybe stay with a relative. But guess what? If the schools close because they want to protect their children, they don't want to bring a bunch of people in to uh, put everybody at risk, then that's what ha- guess what happens. That child has to stay home. How is that child going to stay home? What are the parents going to do? Now you have two parents that have to go to work. Somebody's going to have to stay home with the child. So what are they going to do? I mean, do, are, are their employers going to let them stay out of school or stay out of work in order to take care of their children? What about the children that depend on this free lunch program? I mean, we have millions of children across the U.S. that, can't, that don't even have food at home. So when they go to school, the fact that they're able to take part in this free lunch program, that's their only bit of food that they're able to eat. Now we're going to take that away from them because they're not going to school. So guess what? Now they're not getting lunch. So this is a scary situation because this is going to be force all of us um, that have children to really think about how we may have to change our schedules if these schools close. It affects all of our ways of life. It puts everything you know in a situation where we're like, hey, how do we get in a situation? Why do we have our system set up so that parents can't even afford to stay home and spend time with their children, right? The other thing is a lot of businesses are closing. Now, the businesses that are closing, this poses a double-edged sword. A lot of companies are trying to be responsible. They're trying to say, hey, we're not going to allow a bunch of people to come into the office for the potential of putting other people at risk. We don't know who has it. So in order to contain it, so in order so it don't spread, where you know what, we're, not go- we're going to close down. You're not going to come to work. Um, those that have the, the more professional jobs are fortunate enough that oftentimes employers are trying to work at ways on, on setting up telecommuting situations or ways that it can work from home. So here's the double sword. So you have the business itself closed down, right? So it's going to impact the business itself. It's going to impact the employees that are working at these businesses. And it's also going to impact all of the surrounding businesses that depend on the employees coming in. I mean, these large companies that have thousands of employees that come and gather on campus every day. They go out to lunch, they go out after work to the local community. That's why cities and states jockey and really work hard to try to attract businesses into their their community because they know that these businesses create a lot of economic growth. It creates a lot of opportunity. If you have companies that are giving jobs to thousands of people, then number one, you have thousands of people coming to live in your community. And number two, it's going to really um, increase traffic to other businesses. So now you have businesses that will open stores, your coffee shop, your deli, uh, other areas where people are going to go that are leaving these organizations. Now, for most jobs, held by the average Americans, you're talking about retail jobs, bars, restaurants, right? Those in hospitality, those that are working at hotels, um, those that are working in construction, um, all of the trades, auto mechanics, right? These are the types of jobs that cannot be telecommuted. You can't be a mechanic and work out of your house. You can't be a bartender and work at home. You can't work at a retail store 
uh, from your house. So all of these types of jobs that most of us of average Americans work require us actually going to the physical location, having customers to interact with in order to do our jobs. So if you have more and more businesses closing, if malls decide to close, um, if people are, incur are, are encouraged to stay home and not go out, the economic impact, number one, that these businesses are going to suffer by not having any customers are going to be detrimental to the business. Number two, the employees that are working for these companies, what are they going to do? They're not going to be getting paid. They can't do their work. A lot of these, especially when you're looking at like bars, restaurants, hotels, these are heavily dependent upon tips and gratuities. They're not going to get any tips and gratuities, even if the company is willing to pay them some type of pay time off. I'm sure it's not going to compensate them for the lost gratuities they, they could have received. So this is really a tough situation, guys. This is looking scary for us if this situation doesn't rein in. Most workers don't have paid leave, or if they do, it's very limited. So if you're talking about a business going to close down for a week, two weeks, three weeks, a month, who knows how long this virus is going to be around, right? So no telling how long these businesses are going to have to close in order to try to contain the spread of it. So the longer these businesses close, the scarier it gets for the average American, the harder it's going to be on the economy. I did a, a uh, broadcast not too long ago where I talked about the economy. And we were really questioning, is the economy as good as it says? Because the stock market was high. One of the things I argued was that the economy is driven by consumer spending. As long as consumers are out there spending money, it's really keeping the economy afloat. So when you have a situation like this, where there's an outbreak, there's a pandemic, people are encouraged to stay at home, they don't go out, events are canceled, there's no gathering of people, then what happens to consumer spending? They can't spend, there's nothing to spend it on, and then... If they're not working, they're not making any money. So guess what? They don't even have any money to spend. This is where the snowball comes into play. This is what really scares the markets because the downside of that could be years, years um, of pain and suffering before we're able to recover from that. Now, major corporations, they can usually withstand a temporary impact, right? So large companies like Amazon or Google, if they shut down their corporate offices and tell their employees to work from home, they'll usually be fine. They're not going to suffer. But the smaller mom and pops, right? The mom and pop stores that count on the businesses that are created by all that count on the business created by all these workers coming in and out, they're not going to be able to sustain business. They're not be able. They're not going to be able to pay their employees. They're not going to be able to get inventory. Um, so this is going to be huge problems to the local economy. It's going to be devastating to the bottom line. And a lot of us are scared. I mean, let's face it, guys. We know the situation. We know that some of us, you know, have to work two or three jobs just to keep paying the bills. What if one of those jobs isn't there anymore? What if both of those jobs aren't there anymore, right? We know that if we miss a day or two without getting paid from work, then a, a lot of people... That's the matter of being able to pay rent or not paying rent. Most Americans are living on that shoestring budget. They're living paycheck by paycheck. And if anything comes in to disrupt their flow, if anything comes in to dis disrupt that side hustle, that little bit of money they have coming in to get ahead, guess what, guys? This whole economy is on the verge 
of collapse. And I'm not, I'm not rooting for it. I don't want that to happen. I'm just saying that is one of the things that we're concerned about. That is one of the reasons why you see, you know, a little bit of panic, so to speak, in the stock market. People selling off because they know that if this gets widespread and people aren't spending money, it's going to have detrimental impact to all of the organizations, all of the companies. In addition to the supply chain is getting disrupted just because we're dependent so much on China and things that are coming out of China that there's already companies that are saying that there's some disruption to their supply chain because of, of the state of the economy over there and the situation with the quarantine and everything going on in China. So guys, we need to be diligent about this. One of the reasons why it is so important that we get involved in our politics because who we have in the office is very important. Policies are very important. Leadership is very important. The ability for our leader to be able to think about the big picture, be compassionate, and be understanding is important. Because guess what? The government does have a role. The government can do some things to help alleviate the uh, catastrophe that could happen under this. Now, no one is saying that the government could have prevented um, the virus from happening, right? That's obviously not the case and that what we're saying. But the government does have a role to play. If we have some policies that are in place that are more favorable to the average middle-class Americans, then it won't be so bad. If we had a universal health care system where nobody had to worry about co-pays and, not, and being able to fill prescriptions and not being able to go to the doctor, guess what? People are going to be more inclined to go to the doctor and get checked out. So they won't be scared of getting hit with a bill or... They wouldn't be turned off by the ability of not being able to afford going. If they had universal health care, if they had the ability to go to the doctor, more people will go. And guess what? The more people go, get checked out, or are able to determine whether they have it or not, the better it is for everybody else. Number two, the government can put other policies in place that can help the average American. There are countries that do have certain paid leave they have you know programs where if an employee takes off of work then the government is going to pay them for a certain amount of time right most companies are going to have some type of of paid policy in most situations um, but it's not going to be extensive where you can just take two weeks off 14 days right so some type of stimulus package to help your average americans now what that looks like i mean Everybody knows I'm a fan of universal basic income. Imagine if we had this UBI program set up where every American was receiving $1,000 a month already just for being a citizen, right? That gives them the ability to have a little bit of a cushion, a little bit of extra money in their hands. So when situations like this comes, it's not so scary that if you miss a day or two of work or if you have to miss a week of work, you still have that extra $1,000 coming in. What could that do for the average American, right? So when you think about our politics and our government and the ways some of these policies can help individuals and the average American, you really have to think long-term. You have to think about situations like this because this is not going to be the last time that this happened, guys. You know, every eight years or so, we have every, yeah, maybe five to eight years, we have a situation where some, some new type of virus coming out. We all get freaked out about it. Most of the time, it's able to be contained and controlled to, to a small area. Um, scientists get on it pretty quick and we react, we make things happen. But in a situation like this, there's no vaccine for it. We're already seeing it spread. Like I said, over probably close to 100,000 people now have been affected 
with this virus, it's only going to get worse before it gets better. It gets scary. And without these social safety nets set up for a lot of individuals, this is really putting a lot of people over edge. There's going to be a lot of stress. There's going to be a lot of panic. When there's stress and panic, they overreact. And guess what? It gets for a rough environment. So pay attention to our politics. This is a wake-up call, guys. Uh, we have to be involved. We can't sit on the sidelines. It's important who you vote for. It's important who you vote for for president. It's important who you vote for in the Senate. It's important who you vote for in your local elections. we got to put people into positions of leadership that understand how leaders need to react in these situations. We need people that are capable of thinking of the big picture, of understanding the everyday needs of Americans. Um, we need somebody that's going to be able to react quickly, think decisively, be intelligent enough to interpret the information, and speak to the, the experts on the situation about what is best to do, ways that we can relieve the stress and the anxiety of your everyday Americans. Guys, those that are in the top, your top 10%, they're going to be okay. They're going to be okay. They can take off work. They can work from home. You know, your senators, your your um, entertainers, your musicians, all these people, they, they can afford to work at home. They can afford to take weeks off at a time. They can afford to shift their whole schedule. They can afford to have their children home with them. But guess what? The average American, 80% of us, that's not the case, guys. That is not the case. We can't, can't just take off work, sit around with our children, uh, wait for two weeks for schools to open up, for our businesses to open up, for us to go back to work. It would just be detrimental. So hang tight, man. This is going to be a ride. It's going to be shaky. It's going to be ups and downs, but I encourage you to, to stay tuned. Keep up with the news. It's real important that you go to the CDC's website, Center for Disease Control. Um, they will be the experts um, they will be able to share the information that is available to us. Um, they will be able to tell us what to do. Let's face it, guys. The end of the day, you got to protect yourselves. Um, stay in tune. Be in the know. Keep up with the news. Know what's going on. Know if there's cases in your town. Know if there's people that are infected in your area, where it is. Is it close to you? Um, keep, keep your eye on what kind of events are going on. Um, just educate yourself. Um, protect yourself, you know, follow the instructions, make sure you wash your hands, uh, make sure you try to stay away from, from large gatherings until all of this is dipped in the butt and we're able to do what we need to do. So I appreciate you guys tuning in. If this is your first time watching the program or listening to us on the podcast, subscribe. Go in, hit that subscribe button. It's free. doesn't cost you anything. We're going to continue to bring you some great content. Again, this is the true middle. This is where we talk about politics, faith, and business from a real perspective. I hope you enjoy this perspective on the economic impact of the coronavirus. Um, as long as everything is still up and kicking, as long as we have internet, and as long as our entire system doesn't collapse under the virus, we are going to continue to bring you some good stuff. So I encourage you to tune in. Um, on If you're on YouTube, hit that notification bell. That way you're alerted when we have new uploads, new programming, when we have special... Uh, special postings, keep us in the know. I encourage you to comment, like, share this with a friend, let them know what's going on, tell your loved ones about us. I appreciate you guys. This is The True Middle. I am your host, Paul Melikivi. I will see you the next time.